All right, everyone, welcome to the RSTV podcast. It's your host, Jared Moss, um, the youth and young adults pastor here at the river. And uh, we are glad that you jumped on with us today. I'm sitting here right now with my man, Michael Money. And um, it's interesting because we are recording, we're pre-recording this podcast because the leaders are going to the beach. If you're a leader at the River Student Ministry, you get to go to the beach. You know why? Because we lead over 300 students in campus clubs. And at the end of the year, we just go and we just chill and celebrate the harvest. We go hard in prayer and evangelism all year. And then we chill at the beach and just hang out and enjoy fellowship with one another. So we're recording this right now uh, on a Friday uh, to come out, uh, or Thursday to come out, not tomorrow, but next Friday. Uh, because we'll be at the beach all next week. And uh, speaking of which, um, you're hearing this uh, after we record this, and I'm sitting here with Michael, and Michael has something he'd like to share by the time this airs next week. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, it's a Thursday, May the 14th, but by the time you hear this, um, Tara Rigsby, um, I will have already proposed, and... Um, uh, well, hopefully you say yes, but I believe you will. And, if you uh, don't, we'll edit it out. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what'll happen. But uh, that'll that'll happen, and it will have happened. And I just want to say on this podcast that I love you, and I'm just so excited to spend the rest of my life with you. Oh, to be to be her fiance, just oh crazy man. You know, if she says yes. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. She might say no. That's why you ask. I mean, you don't know. Can't, can't assume, right? Can't assume. I mean, <laughs> hey, will you? Nah. Oh, okay. Well, thanks like, for letting me know. Well, dang, there's a beach. I'll walk you to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, this is so funny. I love this. You're going to be so nervous. It's oh. going to be great. It's going to be great. All right, young love, that's so sweet. You know, when I proposed to Evelyn, I was so nervous I could not eat. It was crazy. It's crazy. Fun time. And then you blink and you've been married seven years, you have three kids. <laughs> How many kids do you want, Michael? Three or four. Three or four. It's documented right here. So when you have like nine or ten, just like your parents <laughs> did, well, I'll make fun of you. <laughs> Carefully not. <laughs> if she says yes. All right. Uh, we love you guys so much. Yeah, we're pre recording this podcast because I ain't trying to record no podcast from the beach next week because I'm trying to chill and um, and play spike ball. Are we doing that? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Got it. I think Sam Sam, Sam got it. it. Yeah. Right, so be. we'll just we'll just all pitch in on the back end and yep. put in some money for it. Spike ball. We need oh, we've got to figure out about a volleyball. Oh, we gotta have volleyball, bro. There's no volleyball like what are you I've even got doing? A volleyball. Well, no, no, no. But but a volleyball net. Do they have a oh, net, or do we have to bring? Dude, one? we can we can get one of those. Yeah, exactly. They That's why I'm saying we got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not scared. Well, somebody I'm just, just drop some money. Somebody drop some money and buys a volleyball net. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. All right, we better get a volleyball net. If if yeah, okay. All right, so pumped about the beach next week. We're starting up services this Sunday, so by the time you've heard this, we will have been to the beach. We will have had our first services. Hopefully, they will have gone great. Um, seeing the registrations coming in. It looks like people are coming out, so that's going to be fun. And as a reminder, we will be starting back youth and young adults on Monday, June the 1st. And we are absolutely pumped. I think, hopefully we will have announced by the time this airs. If not, I'm announcing it right now. 
that uh, we are doing what we're calling the reunion, the family reunion. We're going to have a big worship, outdoor worship, cookout, hangout, sports and fun, chill night for all youth and young adults at the River on Monday night, June the 1st. Uh, and we want you to come out to that because we're just getting back together because we're just ready to see everybody. Have you missed people? Yes. I have missed people, man. I've missed people. We are not built for social distancing. God bless President Trump and Governor Asa Hutchinson and all these guys, but I don't think I can ever do this again. All right, right into the Word. We've been talking about the life of Abraham and the milestones of the journey of his faith, following God, and what it means when you hear a vision from the Lord, keeping the right perspective, not getting distracted and going sidetracked to Egypt, and whenever you do not feel the presence of the Lord, what do you do? You go back to the beginning, to the altar at first. It means your first prayer life, yeah. first time in the Word. Go back to the moments whenever you felt closest to God. Ask yourself, what was I doing back then? What did my life look like mm-hmm. then? What did my schedule look like then? And make choices. You know, In marriage, yeah. I'm married, so at this point, you're going to be getting married. If she says yes, boy, she better say yes because the more we keep talking about it as we get into this, like we we won't be able to edit it. We we'll have to cancel yeah, the whole thing. Can- yeah, Tara, thank you for saying yes. I declare that you will have said yes by the time this podcast airs. Amen. Amen. My, <laughs> and Michael Money said, Amen. Oh my goodness, she said it was prophesied over her that she would marry into money. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring it on. And then she was like, Oh dang, he meant my last name. I actually thought the dough is coming. <laughs> It's like all this time I was thinking like like I was thinking like the cash like I'm very a doctor or a, or a lawyer. It's like no nah, last name. God's like psych. Anyhow, <laughs> but we know in part in prophesy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyhow, hey, I believe you'll have money in Jesus' name. Uh, mm-hmm. May the Lord bless you. Um, but anyhow, um, in marriage, you have to re-choose your relationship. Like you don't just say I do on day one and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, like it's a daily choice to spend time uh, because you have to be intentional. Like date nights are intentional. Like you budget yeah. for it. You bu- I'm reading a book right now on um, being emotionally and spiritually healthy because uh, I just came out of a really exhausting season and I was like, I got to get balanced again. And like, I'm reading this book. It's so good about wholeness and um, it, but it brings you to, it brings you to, um, it brings you to grips with yourself. It asks you questions like, uh, would you say your marriage is your number one priority? And I'm like, well, yeah. And it's like, all right, does your money and your calendar reflect that? I'm like, well, oh my goodness. Like, no. You know what I'm saying? Do I have a scheduled yeah. date night? No, I got to plan it and it's hard to plan. So do you have money budgeted for that part of your life? Like, cause you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, well, then it's not your first priority. And there's so many things that got me about it, but it's like, you have to choose and you have to make decisions. And I think a lot of people float through their spiritual journey and just blame stuff on God. or like, oh, I'm not really hearing anything from the Lord. Dude, your Bible's closed. Yeah. You're saying God's silent and the and your Bible has dust on it. Like you don't get to say that. If you open mm-hmm. that thing up, you'll be hearing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes we start back and we start to go back to first and read the Bible and pray and that kind of stuff. And it doesn't feel as fresh as it used to, but it's kind of like a muscle. You know, when I started working out at the gym after I hadn't been in the gym for like a year or two, like my muscles hurt. They're yeah. sore. It's not a it doesn't hurt, but it's painful because there's a soreness. And as they get worked out, they get accustomed to lifting that weight. And all of a sudden it, it, there's a flow, there's a rhythm to it. And hearing the Lord's a lot like that spiritual muscle. So uh, Abraham went back to first, and we got to choose our relationship with God and be first. And today I want to talk about continuing Abraham's journey. He heard from God, he uh, followed God to Canaan, he went to Egypt, got sidetracked. And he ended up coming back 
to the place where he went at first. Later on, we know that he got discouraged because his wife was barren, and the Lord said, look up at the stars, and he had to get the right perspective. We talked about that the first week on this podcast. Today, we're jumping to the continuation of that, and here's what happens. This is a crazy story. It's one of the best stories in the Bible, though it might be one of the saddest stories uh, in the Bible. In chapter 15, we have the whole dialogue where Abraham's discouraged because his wife isn't having a baby, and God promises him, look up at the stars, right perspective, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not about your perspective. It's not about what you have in your hand. It's about what God says out of his mouth and out of his word. Well, the chapter right after that, chapter 16, I love the Bible because it shows people, even the people God chooses to use, how fickle they are and how much they go back and forth and waver. So in 15, God shows up, cheers them up. Abraham's like, yeah, God, I trust you. And by chapter 16, doubt comes in like it's never come in before. It says this, Genesis 16, 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. How'd you like to be named Hagar? It's an interesting name. We're going to find out the gender of our baby on the beach. If it's a girl, I elect that it should be Hagar. Hagar <laughs> Moss. <laughs> nah. So Sarai said to Abram, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Now, watch this. I'm just going to read the New King James Version because it's the Bible, even as vulgar as it sounds. Sarai said to Abram, so she starts to reason. You know, in verse 15, and I think there's something here. Verse 15, Abram's the one getting discouraged, saying, God, look, my wife's barren. And he gets cheered up. But by 16, chapter 16, Sarai's the one getting discouraged, and she's starting to manipulate her husband based on her discouragement. So just because you're hearing things from the Lord doesn't mean somebody else is. And you got to be careful of the voices that are closest to you and, and not getting sidetracked. Because they have, because their perspective's off. That's good. You know, Abram's perspective gets lifted. Her perspective's still looking around, and she says this. She hatches a plan. She says to Abram, her husband, "See now, the Lord. See again. Look, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. So here's what we should do. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her." And Abram, oh, this is so bad. Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. He gave heed to it. So here's what happens. Sarai says, I can't have babies. God said we we're going to have babies, and our babies are going to be the children of God and populate the world, as numerous as the stars. So I know how, I know where babies come from. And so let's just make one. And if I can't have one, my maidservant can. It's kind of sad because you kind of feel bad for Hagar because if you're a mm-hmm. maidservant, you're kind of beholden to them. Can yeah. you imagine this? Like you are your, your, your master's wife's uh, servant. And they hatch a, hatch a plan and say, hey, thanks for washing the dishes today. Thanks for cleaning the laundry. We got something else for you today. Yeah. Lay down with my husband and bear me a child. Right? This is their plot. And you'd think Abraham would go back to verse 15 and be like, are you kidding me, woman? God told me no. It's going to come from, it's not going to come from your servant. It's going to come from your own seat. It's going to come yeah. from, you know. But he's like, no. It says that he, he, he said, you know what? That's a pretty good plan. You know the biggest enemy of God dreams is good ideas. Like, it wasn't a terrible, I mean, it's a pretty terrible idea. But like, as far as the way it works, hey, we, I can figure it out. Right. Hey, God said, so let's do it. And so... What happens? He gives heed. And you've got to determine in your spiritual life, like we all do, we're not going to give heed to somebody else's voice. We follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and no one else. And so Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. So tragic. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife after Abram dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. 
So he's already in the land. He's already done the altars. He's already heard from God multiple times and had all the encouragement he could take. And it says, verse 4, So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she, In other words, the plan worked. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So it's crazy is Sarai says, let's have a baby by way of my maidservant. Then the maidservant gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then Sarai gets mad about it. Because the thing she wanted all along was to be able to give him the child that God had mm-hmm. promised. And so she hatches a plan to do it. And then she gets mad because it doesn't work out like what it was supposed to. It's crazy because some people, when they hatch a plan that's not God's will, they'll end up frustrated mm. even yeah. when it comes to pass. I've known people, man, we talk about serving a lot, that are like, God told me I'm going to be a preacher. God told me I'm going to be a worship leader. And rather than waiting on opportunity to come to them, and they wait, they do wait for a while. They said they've been dwelt for 10 years. But around year 10 and year 11, for all they know in year 11, God could do it. But right around the 10th year, they're like, you know what? It's been a minute. And they begin to try to take their destiny into their own hands and hatch a plan to bring about what they think is God's will. And when they get it, they hate it. Yeah. Because it wasn't from God. The Bible says every good gift comes down from our Father in lights. So it's like, if it doesn't come from God, where did it come from? Yeah. Except my idea. You know, it's it's a really sad thing because in verse 5, Sarai's like, my bad. And they said, let's send the boy away. The boy's name's Ishmael. Fun history lesson. You, I think you know this, Michael, but many people don't. Many people believe, and and I believe it's traditional, it's oral tradition, but Muslims trace their lineage and their heritage mm-hmm. back to Ishmael. Yeah. A really funny thing, because you think Christians and 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 Jews and, and and Muslims like that it's all against each other, and it is in a lot of ways, especially Islam versus Jews and Christians, depending on you know uh, the agenda and what's written in the Quran, the book they claim to follow, and their Prophet Muhammad and all that. But the funny thing is. We actually, all three, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, consider ourselves to be children of Abraham. Yeah. Is that not crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not physical children of Abraham. The, the Jews and the Muslims are fighting over who's the actual seed of Abraham. But we've been grafted in, according to Romans, into the family of God that came through the lineage of the Jews. But while the Jews claim to be the lineage of Abraham through Isaac, who ends up being the child that comes from Sarai after they do the Ishmael thing with Hagar— mm-hmm. And God does it how he was going to do it. And there's a word in there that, you know what, even when you make a mistake, if you repent, God will still redeem your mistake. And it's funny because it was an Ishmael-like caravan that actually picked up Joseph whenever he was sold into Mm -hmm. slavery and delivered him to Egypt. And he ended up becoming second in the land and actually fulfilled God's purpose. And there's another story there that what God does through your miracle child, Isaac, he can still redeem and do through your mistake child, Ishmael. (laughs) Is that not crazy? Like, I want to encourage you today. If you've made an Ishmael-level mistake, God can still use it. Just keep on, just repent. Once again, go back to the first, keep on flowing, keep on moving. But it's in these moments when we get hesitant that we make an Ishmael. So Muslims to this day believe that they are the lineage of Abraham and they're the children of God by way of Ishmael since he was Abraham's seed. Whereas the Jews and thereby the Christians believe that we're children of God, Christians by way of faith, Jews biologically, physiologically by Abraham through way of Isaac. Isaac came from Sarai's womb, so the actual child that God planned for them to have, right? whereas Ishmael was the one that they attempted to make on their own. And isn't it crazy that all of human history is a story about Israel. It's about Jesus and God, right? 
but his people anchored in Israel. And to this day, the fighting happens around Jerusalem and the Palestinians, Mm -hmm. which are mostly Arab. It's Muslims against Jews, Jews defending themselves against Muslims. It's all this stuff, right? And what's funny is, like, uh, you, you, you hear about this and you're like, this is... This is crazy. God even spoke, and he talked about um, how there would be a difference in the sons and the way their lineage went, and we're seeing that to this day. So to this day, we are reaping the fruit, yeah, literally the fruit of this mistake. And this mistake came out of a moment of haste. It came out of a moment of uh, fear and faithlessness. It came out of a moment of, where is God? What if he doesn't? What if I heard wrong? I know what I do. I can do this, and I can make this happen. Yeah. And I wonder how many people are listening today have ever tried to make something happen only to find yourself kicking against the goads and realizing that it doesn't work. Like, I think of times that I've tried to make things happen. Um, man, okay, so like in a ministry context, I've tried to make the church grow. I tried to do it in a bunch of different ways. One time I got on this, one time I got on this crazy kick. Like, let's take chairs out of the building. If we take chairs out of the building, then people will think that like, oh, the building's full, and so we have to have multiple services. You know what happened? People were going, "Where's the chairs?" <laughs> and we just put them back out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember thinking, like, "Oh man, let's get lights and smoke." Then everybody will think the church is sick, and then it'll grow. You know what happens? People are like, "Oh, cool." And that's it. I can, I, can, I can see that somewhere else. I can see that somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it's crazy what grows the church. Like Jesus, yeah. anointed preaching and the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. I, I, I remember I, how many times have I had a girl, you know, before Evelyn and obviously before I was 16, I got a lot to Christ. And I stopped dating for a season. I wanted to focus on Jesus. But every girl that was my girlfriend, all four or five of them from the time I was in fourth grade, I was convinced they were going to be my wife. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, Dad. I think this is the one. How foolish. And the Bible says in Genesis, the Lord brought Eve to Adam. Like, yeah. he brings her to you. And I'll just, I'll just go out and just get it. <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. I've seen people work themselves, work multiple jobs tirelessly, trying to, trying to uh, hoard wealth and trying to save money, trying to do it all uh-huh. in their own strength. And the crazy thing that happens is they'll spend more money on stuff like gas money and eating out yeah. and just stuff trying to maintain the pace and actually come out no further ahead than if they would have just chilled and let God provide. And more stressed out. And more stressed out. Like, making stuff happen. Me and Evelyn were having a conversation the night, and she was talking about, just like, she said, babe, just like you gave your life to Jesus, you got to give this ministry to him. And something about that hit me. I started weeping, because I think the Lord convicted me about how many things I've tried to do in my own strength. Mm. And like, you don't see that in the Bible. Every time you see that, it goes bad. Yeah. I'm thinking right now, I'm reading 1 Samuel. You know, the Israelites said they wanted a king. Mm -hmm. Samuel was leading the people of God, the prophet, hearing directly, audibly from the Lord and telling them what he said. In other words, God wants to be your king. Every other nation had a king. But what did the children of Israel say? They said, give us a king like the nations around us. And Samuel said, this isn't going to go how you want it. But they persisted, and so he anointed Saul. Saul stayed in one for two years, and then Saul, whenever his battle was losing, he was waiting on Samuel to come and make the sacrifice to the Lord. 
thought, I'll just make it. Saul's taking mm-hmm. too long, and I want to be right with God. The thing is, you can't be right with God because God doesn't want the sacrifice. He wants obedience. Yeah. But he makes the sacrifice before Samuel gets there. Samuel gets there as Saul's finishing. That's hilarious to me. I love the Bible. It says, as Saul was finishing the sacrifice, Samuel shows up and is like, what is this? Did you make the sacrifice? Why didn't you wait on me? Oh, I waited. You just you didn't come. Mm-hmm. And Samuel's like, and, and what does he say? Like, don't you know that God wants obedience rather than sacrifice? Yeah. In other words, he took his destiny into his own hands, and you always see Saul trying to take his destiny into his own hands, unlike David, who never took his destiny into his own hands. He had multiple times to kill Saul, who was trying yeah. to kill David. David had the anointing to be king and waited for decades. He's running from Saul, and he could have taken him out and killed him at any moment. Yeah. And his friends were like, do it. The Bible says your enemies will be delivered into your hands. You can kill him right now. He wouldn't do it because he couldn't take his destiny in his own hands. He's like, if God wants him alive, he'll live. And God wants him dead, he'll dead. If God wants me to be king, I'll be king. If God doesn't, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. I wasn't trying for this. I'm not going to go out and get any of this. It's going to come to me Yeah. because it comes from the Lord. And I, I just the idea perplexes me. Abraham and them get to talking. And you got to be careful when you get to talking because you'll brainstorm and you'll come up with something stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, like, the biggest enemy of heavenly vision is brainstorming. Yeah. You can either receive God promises or you can come up with good ideas. And good ideas don't turn out good because nothing's good except God. And you'll end up with an Ishmael on your hands going, yeah. oh, shucks, and now my wife's mad at me and her maidservant. So what happens? He loses a, he loses a son and a maidservant out of the whole yeah. thing and has to wait on Isaac anyways. I think we got to be really careful before we go making Ishmael's. Now, I'll just let you say, is there any time you could think back into your life where something you felt like God promised you or you thought was going to happen and, um, I don't know, maybe you grew weary in the waiting or you, you, you were concerned and so you, you tried to do something in your own strength or you tried to circumnavigate or try to bring something about? Like, is there anything that you can think of that that's happened in your life? I want to say like in any large scale sort of thing. Sure. But uh, I've I've been told like I guess prophesied over mm-hmm. lots of times about like being a leader and all this stuff. And so I would I want to say that it's on a big. There was never really something big and dramatic that happened. But there's there's definitely been times where I've like tried to just be that yeah in my strength right rather than just letting his letting god work through me in that way mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work mm-hmm. like whenever you whenever you try and do that there's just people don't listen to you mm-hmm. like you would like for them to and if i'm being honest i don't think my personality type is like a leader type like let's get this done boom 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 sort of thing i'm sure i'm more i'm i'm i would say i'm more reserved in that in that aspect yeah but like i mean that's been spoken over me and like if i try and do that myself i just get frustrated right like people won't listen to me i can't seem to get done what i need to get done i can't people to help me get done what needs to be done right but whenever i just operate out of like you know what i'm I'm just doing what God has me do right now. Right. Like I'm just doing what I'm asking people to do what I've been asked to do. Hey, mm-hmm. can you help get this done? It's like, sure. 
ask some people. Okay. And it's like just all of a sudden just the yeah. weight behind who told me to get this done yeah. is now getting done. Right. And you, you and get like plugged a, into something the Lord's doing. Exactly. And and there's there's a respect that comes from it and stuff. And honestly, in this isn't so much like spiritual like that, mm-hmm. but um I've I've also learned like in leadership it's more practical. Yeah. Is not asking people to do something I'm not willing to do. That's good. Like if I if I'm willing to do it, yeah. Like if they can see me doing it too. Right. Then there's just a level of respect yeah. that comes with that. Yeah. I had to I had to ask some guys to come up and help move chairs mm-hmm. for for this coming Sunday that will have been passed. <laughs> How many times have we this? had to say that during this? <laughs> anyway. For this coming week, which will have already taken place by the time this happens, unless Jesus comes back anyway. or she says no. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways um, like I had to ask a few guys to help like Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. But I'm at work. Right. And I felt bad about it. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to be there and I'm asking these guys to come and help. Like yeah. I kind of, like obviously, I was at work. I couldn't. So you know, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't asking them to do something I wasn't willing to do. It's you just, just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. But how many times have you stacked chairs though, and moved them? So many. You times. can't count. And people that they've seen you do it, and so they know that you're willing yeah. to do it. And that's that's what I, I was telling one of my coworkers. I was like, it's kind of frustrating because I would like to help. Yeah. I want to be there. Like it's like, all right, guys, come on, let's do this. But yeah. I'm I'm like you know. They've seen me do it. They right. know I'm not asking them to do something yeah. that I want to do. So I'm just praying that they'll they'll recognize that and they'll yeah. just they'll just be willing to yeah. willing to go and serve. Right. And I I know like three or four guys showed up. Yeah. And so I mean, knocked it out. Got done. Yeah. I heard it said one time that a leader knows the way, goes the way, shows the way, and and it's like that's that's that you you find out the way from someone you you do it. And then you show others how to do it. And then eventually they're doing it, Yeah, you know? And so it's like, everybody knows that you've, I'm glad you're getting delivered from that. Not being, or being afraid to ask people stuff like early, because it's taken me five or six years to realize that people know, like, it's okay, Jared, we know that you would do this yeah. if you had time. But, um, <laughs> but, but you're fine. You, you plugged into the flow and you find the blessing flowing on that. And so yeah. it's not in your own strength. It's working. It's working like you're, and God's propelling you and, and crafting you into the minister that you can be. I remember, uh, Dr. Phil Brassville told me years ago, he said, Jared, all you have to do is keep your hearts. He said, your heart has an internal switch. It either says yes, Lord, or no. Yeah. He said, all you have to do, you don't have to make opportunities happen. You don't have to make money happen. You don't have to make a platform happen. You don't have to make the right wife, the right place, the right job, the right yeah. car, the right house. You don't have to make any of that happen. You just have to keep your heart switch set to yes. Yeah. And he'll open up every door for you. Yeah. That's relieving. Yeah, <laughs> I think about that. Like, man, I just got to do that. Like, whoo. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a real thing, man. It's a real. Uh, I, um, I'm thinking this may be a little personal. I don't know if it rang true or anything. We haven't talked a lot about, it, but I remember you remember I told you I, we were talking, we were hanging out at Midnight Oil, we were having coffee or something a couple months ago. But Evelyn had a dream about you, and it was a dr- in the setting of the dream. Like it was, it was like the idea was she was concerned. Like in the dream, there was this concern that you might be doing things in your own strength, mm-hmm. and and I was thinking about self sufficiency, and we talked about that. You said you felt like that rung true that you were really struggling. You know, at, at least in that moment, you were fighting that temptation to really 
not be self-reliant, but spiritually reliant. And mm-hmm. I can say that because that's me every day. Yeah. Like every day I have to choose once again to not be self-reliant, but spiritually reliant. But I really began to think of self-sufficiency because I think a lot of us operate by that. It's mm-hmm. really evil. Yeah. Like it's really sinful and wicked. Like I love Dave Ramsey. I love learning about finances and stuff. If you're a young adult, don't go into debt. But you can't not go into debt thinking, if I don't go into debt, then I'll always be provided for because I was so smart. No, like you may not go into debt and you be smart and a tree fall on your house and you find out your insurance didn't work out good Mm -hmm. enough to cover it. Like you don't know. Like your tires may fall off this week. Like you, you, and you may be in an accident. You don't know. Like you don't know. I was reading James this week and it punched me in the gut like it does because the book of James is just like a machine gun shooting you with conviction over and over and over. (laughs) That's why if I ever have a boy, then we're going to name part of his name James um, because I love that book and it's so savage. But it says, don't say, oh, we'll go to this city next year and make a profit. No, say if the Lord wills. You don't know. Your life's like a vapor. Mm -hmm. You can't even see it. Like, but we take our destiny in our own hands. We try it. And man, I've seen so many people's destiny and calling get hijacked this way. I've seen people and, and it's like, they can't even hear themselves saying it. I've heard people say, you know what? We think we're called to move and we're going to go to this place and do this thing. Literally like the scripture. And, uh, we're going to put, uh, we're going to, we're going to put our house up for sale. We're going to do this and that. Um, and, um, and because if we get in this position, we may meet these people and this and that. And I feel, and, by the way, I feel like the Lord told me years ago that I was going to be doing fill in the blank, and I think this might be the way that works out. And I'm like listening to the whole thing, like, bro, no, like, yeah. like no, like, that's too. You no, know, if it's God, you don't have to guess. Right. Like, I love Pastor Mike Todd. Like this dude's so lit on Instagram. Three years ago, he had two thousand Instagram followers, preaching to a thousand people. And for years, he was a youth pastor. Nobody knew him except for like the 400 kids that came to his youth group. But one of his videos, a girl that's not even famous, posted it on YouTube, and it just went viral. And like 2 million people watched it in 24 hours. And he his Instagram started growing by 10,000 a day. Three years later, he has a million followers on Instagram. And wow. he was on the Today Show this week. He didn't do any of it on his own. Right. None of it, man. Um, uh, uh, what's, a, what's her name? Uh, Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle. Everybody knows he's sung on Ellen and worldwide Christian worship artists and sings all these big songs and stuff like that. Lauren Daigle was a backing vocalist for a little band in Baton Rouge, Louisiana that would go to New Orleans, or sorry, New Orleans, that would go to Baton Rouge to play in bars to sing some secular songs and some Christian songs just to try to shine a light to people that were getting drunk uh, on behalf of Christ. And her band knew somebody and they invited her to some they invited the band to some songwriting retreat in Nashville and the night before they were going to sing with these like writers or whatever the lead vocalist of the band got sick and couldn't go and so she had to have them all change the keys and transpose the song so she could sing and so she sang the songs the next day little background vocalist Lauren Daigle Uh and the writers came to her afterwards like hey we'd like for you to come back next weekend or next month or whatever it was and write with us on a retreat and she's like, me? Well, I'm not even the person. They're like, no, it's fine. We know. It doesn't matter. Would you come back? She's I, I guess so. And then wow. Lauren Daigle happened. Yeah. And I remember her on a podcast and somebody said, so you didn't like lace your, you, you're not one to like pull myself up my own bootstrap. She's like, oh my goodness, no. She's like, no, God just did this. And wow. I heard Banning Liebscher, who's a pastor of Jesus Culture, say this one time. He said, if you have to, he said, if you get to where you're at, by way of self-promotion, you have to maintain that same level of self-promotion to stay yeah. there. Because if you went out and got it, you have to keep it. 
But if when God gives it, no one can take it. Yeah, that's good. And if you go out and get yourself an Ishmael, you're going to reap the Ishmael problems and still not have the blessing of the Isaac. Right. You still have to wait on the Isaac. Like, there's no plan B. Like, you have to do it God's way. You trust and obey. Like that Church of Christ song says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey or something like that. Anyhow, um, but I just think there's something in this for us, man. On the journey of faith, like Abraham, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to say, God, where are you? And it's in those moments that your faith is being perfected, your Mm -hmm. character is being conformed to God's image and will, and you don't have to make it happen. I want to say uh, say a word to everybody listening to our podcast today. You don't have to do it. You don't have to make it happen. God will make it happen. God will make it happen. Like God will make it happen. I was a drummer. I got invited to play in a, okay. I wanted to play trumpet in sixth grade when we started band. I don't even know why to this day because I'm such a drummer. I couldn't play trumpet. I stunk at it. The band director put a pair of sticks in my hand, said, repeat after me, played some beats. I played them perfectly. He's like, yeah, you're a drummer. And I'm like, you think so? He's like, oh yeah, that was outstanding. You should be playing the drums. I was like, okay. And then I kind of got into it. My dad bought me a drum set. I played the drum set. Uh, and, 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 and I just kept playing the drums. Ninth grade, my band director calls me, says, my son's got a band. He wants you to try out for it. They need a drummer. I go play. I become friends with him. He brings me to a church. The church is called The River. I come right into this church after I've been out of church for two years into a foundations class, go to a life group that night, meet my former future youth pastor, Matt Alice. They invite me to come to youth. I start coming to youth, and I start coming to youth because I heard there's a potential I might get to play the drums. I play the drums at the youth, and I meet my future wife on the worship team. And then I get on a bus and go to a youth conference, give my life to Jesus Christ at a youth conference. And then God speaks to me and says, come to the internship at this youth conference. I go to the internship. I'm one out of 8,000 kids that night that, that was at that conference. I got mm-hmm. saved. And the man of God that was preaching there to this day, today I've got his phone number and he speaks into my life. Yeah. Out of 8,000. How does that happen? Like, I didn't ask for any of it, man. Right. It's like God just does it, man. And, and it really, I'm not trying to brag because the truth is I live every day with this, like, this awareness of, well, dang, Jared, if it happened so much like that for you and you know that, then why do you keep trying your own strength and think of how, <laughs> think of how much further you could be if you right. just abide? But the thing is, that's just it. You, you don't listen to that. Don't listen to that voice that says, think of how much further you should be. Forget that stuff, man. Just get off that track. Get off the, I should be further. I should be blessed. I should yeah. have the word. I should have the vision. Just because you're 18 and you're anointed doesn't mean you're going to go change the world tomorrow. Quit trying. Billy Graham didn't even try to be Billy Graham. He preached at a revival. The next night, 5,000 people showed up, and they kept showing up, and the revival kept going on. And he threw his hands up in the air and said, God, I didn't ask for this. I can't write good sermons like this fast enough. I just need you to speak, and I'm going to quit trying. And when Billy Graham quit trying, Billy Graham became Billy Graham and changed the world. You have to quit trying. Don't go hook up with a Hagar. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just hang out. Just how would I say that with alliteration about Sarah? Just sit with Sarah. No, it doesn't work. Just let God be God and yeah. you be you, and wait on Him. Any other way is so rough, and I think that's the word for today. Amen. 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 Next time on the RSTV podcast, did she say yes? <laughs> did she say no? Stay tuned. Out. <laughs> yeah, this is like, Michael, I know you never watched Dragon Ball Z because you were homeschooled and you were uh, sheltered. 
and rightly so. But Dragon Ball Z is this <laughs> epic old school anime cartoon show. And basically, <laughs> they just made the craziest, like, it was weird because, like, they're different planets and some of them are aliens and stuff. And they fight and they can, like, Super Saiyan, which means they, like, go, blah! And they, like, turn into these, like, crazy people and stuff with these, like, superheroes. And anyhow, they can blast people with these fireballs out of their hand. And so, like... They like to, to do the super saiyan thing, like to blast the fireball. They'd be like, Kame, Kame, ha! And then, like, it would come out of them and it would, like, kill somebody. So, like, almost every episode would be like, next, you know, or it, it, you just, like, right at the very end, they'd be like, Kame, Kame, ha! Next time on Dragon Ball Z. And you're like, no! <laughs> Anyhow, oh man! Nah, you can you can trust that uh, that if this podcast episode is airing in full length, yeah. that she said yes, or else we would have scrapped the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah, we talked too much. About it. <laughs> Next week, Michael would be crying and snit. Nah, he wouldn't even be here. He'd just oh. be like, "Where's that dude at?" <laughs> He'd go back to where he did at the beginning. He'd go <laughs> turn the music up in his car and just seek the Lord and say, "I trust you." Oh, man. Hey, love you guys. Can't wait to see you guys next week. And uh, June 1st, bring it on. Let's go. Uh, It's going to be a good time at the family reunion here at the river. We will see you guys then.